What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the All Things Basketball Podcast. It's been an unfortunate week and change of no audio pods. Um, I've been pretty hard at work in terms of video making. Uh, there's a Denver Nuggets defensive analysis video that w- that I made uh, last weekend. I think I released it on Sunday. I'm going to have the link in the show notes below for you guys to kind of check out how the Denver Nuggets have been able to be such a strong defensive team using zone defense, uh, their communication, obviously, their size, their length, uh, just their energy, right, from the perimeter defenders and even Nikola Jokic. Um, and it was during the Suns uh, Nuggets series. So obviously, that series is a wrap. I am extremely, extremely happy to see Nikola Jokic at another conference finals uh, appearance, obviously. And I'm going to obviously get into that. I'm going to first talk about Celtic Sixers. What I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be releasing, uh, you're probably going to see a couple of pods over the weekend. So what I'm going to try to do is just release the Celtic Sixers one first, which is this one right here. And then later on today, or maybe even tomorrow, I'll have a pod for the Denver Nuggets and Phoenix Suns. And then I'm also going to have a pod for the Lakers Warriors series. All of these series deserve a pod, deserve some acknowledgement. And it's been some time since I dropped the last episode. So apologize for the delays. My place is almost officially completed in terms of the remodel process. I am able to do video pods now. Uh, so I actually last night during the heat, uh, during the heat Knicks series, uh, game six, obviously where that series finished up, I actually did a video, uh, pod it's on YouTube. Now I'll also have that in the show notes for you guys. It's basically a watch and talk. It's a kind of like a watch party where I'm joined by a coach of a high school team, a uh, high school team here in South Florida. It's called Somerset Academy. His name is coach Anthony. Well, his name is Anthony Varela. And he joined me to watch the game. We kind of, we did a pregame kind of analysis breakdown. We did a halftime talk. And then we also did a postgame reaction. It's all in one video. It's basically us just kind of taking the game in, right? And uh, yeah, that's about a 40 minute video for anyone interested in watching that one. But without any distractions, let's get right into the Celtics Sixers game six. And honestly, I kind of want to go back a little bit to just kind of look at this series for what it is and I'm not hearing a lot of this being talked about so I'm gonna be the one to kind of give it out here Um, just my kind of view of this series and what it means for both franchises for the players Uh, legacies obviously are always a topic of conversation but I want to say this that I'm not hearing a lot of people say the Celtics are obviously about to play the Sixers tomorrow, right? Game 7, 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time at Boston. And this is a game that is going to decide a lot of things to come for both franchises. And I say that because as I rewind, right, just looking at it from the outside, the Sixers have been a beacon of just disappointment, heartbreak, stress, you know, the process and you hear all these, all these obviously cliches, the Sixers from the Kawhi shot, right? We all remember the Kawhi shot, uh, the Celtics sweeping the Sixers, right? I think that was the following year. We get the Ben Simmons disaster series against the Atlanta Hawks. 
And then we get, obviously, Joel Embiid gets hurt during that Heat series. He, like, injured his face. He had, like, a fractured face. And now we're here, right? And this is this is where we are kind of... We're at an impasse right now for the Sixers franchise. And I'm going to get into the Celtics impasse, too, because that's not going to be ignored on this pod. So, you know, James Harden, for all we know, right, this is going to be his... Until, until further notice, obviously... But right now, this is his best opportunity to get to a finals, right? You have Joel Embiid by your side. You have the MVP by your side. And we know what's been going on behind the scenes because we hear all those news alerts about how James Harden is potentially going to leave the Sixers after this season. So, you know, them getting to the finals this this year, it's going to really decide, in my opinion, what happens with this core group, right? Because... Tobias Harris, you know, kind of flip-floppy player. We know about that. Obviously, P.J. Tucker, kind of, you know, still very relevant, very solid, and very valuable in terms of floor spacing, uh, specifically from the corner threes and his ability to guard multiple positions. But, you know, guys are going to get a year older, obviously. Embiid is the best he's going to be right now. I don't know how much better he's going to be at this point, right? Uh, You know, he's playing through an injury. Obviously, he gets his MVP award, and... The time is now for these Sixers, and I say this because, obviously, let's say the Sixers get eliminated in Game 7. It's it's also a legacy game for Doc Rivers. I don't think, I think if the Sixers lose this series, and it's another 3-2 blown lead by Doc Rivers, I think Doc Rivers is gone, right? Like, I don't think that's going out on a limb saying that, and that's another uh, asset, uh, another emphasis on this series right like that's another another kind of factor in this series too right so there's a coaching legacy aspect to this that people aren't i i have heard people talk about it but it's but it's kind of getting swept under the rug for now until the series is concluded right um that's the Sixers stuff right like this is the year to get over the top and obviously if you're a heat fan a, a lot of heat fans are telling me they'd rather see the sixers um but regardless you know the Sixers looking at this Heat team, it's not the star-studded Heat team. It's it's a bunch of, you know, undrafted guys that are definitely overachieving and they're playing very well. They're super well coached. They're definitely going to test the Sixers or the Celtics. Whoever plays the Miami Heat are going to be tested. So in no way am I disrespecting the Heat. But if we can just keep it 100 for a second, right? I mean, best case scenario is you're playing this, this under star studded team right with the Miami Heat so um you know if you're the Sixers you got to feel good about that right that being your your conference finals opponent right the last line before you get to the finals so you know and then I'm looking on the other hand for the Celtics in terms of legacies in terms of franchise direction you know Joe Masula who just got his job now I'm getting a bunch of texts and obviously you can see Celtics media they're very on top of Joe Masula. The the Boston fan base is turning their backs. I mean, they are turning their backs on Joe Masula game by game. You know, just his hesitancies to go double big lineups, right? With Horford and, and Robert Williams up until obviously game six. I'm going to get into that in a little bit. But, you know, he's on the hot seat kind of in a way, right? But also, he barely had a training camp. You know, I mean, Ime Yudoka gets suspended right before the season 
So that's kind of my defense point. The Celtics looked really good all year long, um, and people are going to point to the talent. You know, at the end of the day, yes, it's a very talented roster. It's one of the deepest rosters in the league. It's a very versatile roster. You can play five man out, yada, 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 right? Like we've talked about this many times on the pod, just the, the wing versatility, the, the switchability, just just such a flexible team that can play multiple ways. So, you know, Joe Masula definitely, you know, with all those coaches going around, right, that are that are free agent coaches, right, like uh, Nick Nurse, right, or or even, you know, there's a Mike D'Antoni, uh, obviously Mike Budenholzer, right, like there's just a lot of coaches out there um, that are going to be gunning for coaching jobs, and I don't know, I, I, my guess is I just don't think that if the Celtics get eliminated, that Joe Masula gets fired on his first year, I personally don't see that, um, but, you know, I could be wrong, obviously. This is such a volatile league in terms of coach uh, timelines, right? Like, coaches get hired and fired all the time. So, I want to get into, obviously, the more important factor of this Celtics outlook, right? And it's the elephant in the room. It's it's the Jalen Brown All-NBA selection and his final year of his contract is next season, which I've talked about on this pod as well. So, you know, this is like their last kind of like their last dance before we start to hear the trade rumors the you know what's gonna happen next season right like if the Boston Celtics get to the finals and they win right I think that the Celtics will do everything they can whether that is to overpay Jalen Brown and then obviously well not overpay because he definitely deserves the contract so you know they're gonna have to pay him it's, it just gives you a reason to keep the team together. Obviously, you're going to have to lose some pieces because of the way the contracts work. And we know Boston is not an overpaying type of team, right? They're just not the kind of team to, to just pay all over the place, right? So they'll probably have to figure out what they're going to do around those two guys. So, you know, if they get eliminated in this game seven, who knows what this Boston team looks like next season? Because... There's going to be a ton of questions surrounding, again, you know, the same questions that we heard the year prior before they got to the finals and every other year before that, right? Like about, oh, can Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum play together? You know, whose team is it? And and if it's Tatum's team, why is Brown carrying him some games? And if Brown is so valuable, then why is Tatum carrying some games? And, you know, and this and that, right? Like we, we constantly hear those conversations. So, you know, that's in the air too, right? Like this tandem, this duo of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, this could be their last dance, right? Because there is no way that the Boston Celtics are just going to let Jalen Brown walk next year, right? Like he is either going to be signed or he's going to be traded, right? Like there's no way that he just walks for nothing. So, so that's what I kind of wanted to, to lay out, you know, for these two teams. It's, it's really, it's, I mean, it's, there's so much at stake for both of these teams and for a lot of players in this series too. And also the the basic factor in this series too, right? Like the rivalry between the Sixers and the Celtics, right? Just people will say, oh, it's not a rivalry like Embiid said, but I'm talking about the historic rivalry, right? Like these two franchises just, you know, they've, they've had their history. And that's another factor that goes into this game seven. So this is the biggest game seven for that I've seen in a relatively long time simply because of the fact of all the things I told you guys. You know, just so many legacies on the line and so many directions will change after this series concludes. So I am so excited 
to watch this game seven before uh obviously after after all that said so you know game six for the celtics and up until that point the celtics have had their share of bad games you know just living and dying by the three you know i mean you know all series long joe masula has been trying to play five man out and it worked a couple of times but for the most part it just it just looked too wacky we're seeing so many moments at the end of games where Marcus Smart has the ball in hand. We don't see it a lot from Jalen Brown. You know, it's just it's just been a struggle for this team. And then the lowest scoring game in this entire series. And it's no coincidence, right? It is no coincidence. Now, obviously, this is the best three-point shooting night from the Celtics in this entire series. They shot an elite 42.9%, which you could say 43% from three as a team. But the highlighting factor in this win was starting Robert Williams and Al Horford, right? Like that was the talk of the town, right? When he decided to start them. And I got to say this, right? Like I was talking about this lineup for a very long time, not during this series. Um, well, during the series off the pod, but basically before the series, you know, during the regular season about how great they can run these double big lineups, you know, it, it somewhere along the way, we have forgotten that games can be won the old school way, right? And it's not even so much the old school way because technically you still have a stretch big next to Robert Williams, right? Like Al Horford, for as bad as he's been shooting the ball, right, from three, uh, you know, just over time in this series, he stretches the floor for Robert Williams. So it's not like a typical traditional lineup of back in the day, but in terms of how teams look these days with five man out and, you know, everyone has a stretch big everywhere now, you know, but in this sense, they kind of went against the grain of what they usually do. And it works 95 to 86. I mean, that score is basically a Miami Heat, New York Knicks score. And that's because of defense. That's also because of poor shooting from the Sixers down the stretch. And obviously it's, it's just, when when you have Robert Williams and Al Horford out there at the same time, Joel Embiid has more thinking to do when he gets to the basket, right? Because let's say he pump fakes Al Horford out of the picture on some possessions. Well, Al Horford jumps, right? And then he can get by him. Here comes Robert Williams from the weak side to help. And now uh, Joel Embiid has to think twice, Right? Is he going to challenge this shot blocker, a shot alterer, so great that Robert Williams can be? And he might be able to score on him, but it is a tough task as well. Now, you just got past one big. Now, you got to get past this more defensive-minded big. And it makes him kick it out more often than he ever had to in this series. And that worked to the Celtics, obviously, to, to a T, right? That worked so perfectly for the Celtics. But I will say this. If your game plan is to double away from the Sixers shooters, the Sixers have put games away against the Celtics because of that, right? Like the Sixers have won a lot of games because of the Celtics lack of rotation, right? Like they don't care. They're kind of coming away from PJ Tucker on a, on a, on a very questionable possession on defense. They leave James Harden open. He hits the game winning shot, um, you know, so they can definitely make the Celtics pay. And that's going to be a point of emphasis, like for sure into going into this game seven. Hey guys, like Joel Embiid's going to be focused when he gets down low, be ready for the kickout because it's coming, you know, it's definitely coming. And I will say this, it's all going to be 
a collective defensive effort that wins this game for the Celtics. You want to say uh, elite three-point shooting is going to win them this game? That goes hand-in-hand hand with their defensive ability, right? Like, they have to be on point with their defensive rotations. You're leaving shooters wide open multiple times all night long. They're going to catch fire eventually. These are NBA players. They are streaky shooters, yes. But P.J. Tucker, are you really going to count on him missing corner threes where he literally lives, right? Like, he only takes corner threes. You're going to roll the dice on a Tobias Harris, who we never know what version of Tobias we're getting, which that's scary in itself, right? You don't know. He could just be lights out Tobias Harris that night. So game sevens are a lottery. It's a loot box. It's it's just the most unpredictable game that you're going to get in any series because there's way more. Pre I mean, it's literally winner go home for both teams. So. You know, it's usually a role player that steps up. It's typically, you know, an ugly game, right? Like a grind out game. It's there's just a lot of pressure in a game seven. And I hope to see Robert Williams and Al Horford out there again. But I also hope to see just, you know, not so much, not so much doubling away from those three point shooters surrounding Embiid because they will make you pay down the stretch. It's all going to come down to a strong start for either team. The Celtics have started games very poorly against the Sixers and vice versa. You know, this is going to be a tale of who gets off to a strong start, who's going to be disciplined defensively, the rotations have to be on point, and shot making has to be there, right? We're getting a well-rested Joel Embiid and James Harden, which that has shown us to be a good formula for their great games when they come to play the next night. And, you know, we're going to see, hopefully... I mean, we don't know what version of Harden we're going to see. So this is, like I said, you know, the pressure is also on Harden here. You know, this is this is potentially a chance for him to make the finals. I know there's still a conference finals to play, but, you know, for James Harden, you get, you get these Celtics out of the way and you have Embiid by your side in a Miami Heat Eastern Conference Finals series. So, you know, definitely looks good for James Harden if he can get out of his series. So, you know, I, I'm excited for this series. Um, I, I'm going to pick the Celtics to win Game 7. I think that they've found the right formula. I think that having two bigs is really going to cause a lot of cluttering on the perimeter. The driving lanes aren't going to be too great as they have been in the past games. And we're going to see a grind-out game. I think this is going to go down to the wire. I expect to see, hopefully, we don't get a terrible start from Tatum or Jalen Brown, right? I don't want to see the ball in Marcus Smart's hands in final moments, in crucial moments, right? We want to see it in the hands of the guys that we want to take the game home, right? So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be, I think, we're going to see a huge Joel Embiid aggressive game. I think that the Celtics will end up winning this one, and they're going to move on to play the Miami Heat. That's going to do it for this episode. I will be back with another pod talking about the Denver Nuggets and Phoenix Suns series. I'm also going to have another pod talking about the Lakers Warriors series, which was awesome in itself. And yeah, that's going to do it for this one. This is the All Things Basketball podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez, as always, and I'll catch you guys on the next one.